Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. Hello everybody, it's Dolph from Forza Italian Football and yes, this is a special derby preview podcast so we're going to talk some Milan and some Inter and then the derby as a whole because that is coming up on Sunday evening and um, first up, we're going to go with Inter we've got Nima from sempreinter.com to help us look at uh, the Nerazzurri and the, the bit of their season and uh, how they are kind of going into the derby Nima, welcome, it's been a while Thanks a lot. Yeah, it's been a while. It's good to be here. Right. So we're, we're, we're not, not got time for mincing around. It's time <laughs> to get into the derby. Derby's on Sunday, right? Inter are having a brilliant season. I think uh, that's definitely fair to say. They're still challenging for the title, which is um, crazy for Serie A in recent years to actually have a race for It's not even a, a two-team race. It's a three-team race for the Scudetto. Um Antonio Conte has had a brilliant impact. I mean, what, what has it been like since the, kind of the start of the season? Uh, how good this Inter team has been? Well, I mean, when I was on your preview show earlier, I, I, I said that, you know, Conte needs to hit the ground running. And that's exactly what he did. He, there, there was no learning process and everything. Inter hit the ground running under him and started playing and developing uh, and, and, and laying down the foundations and also also building upon that. A football that, that was very intensive, that was very high, you know, it was a lot of movement, a lot of running, a lot of high intensity. Um, and, and, and uh, you know, started winning, racking up wins and uh, barely losing and barely conceding. Um, and... Um, it, it, you know, it started well. It went. Uh, it didn't go so well in the Champions League. It went. It, it went kind of as expected, if you ask me, given the group Inter were in. Um, mm-hmm. But but at the end of the day, they failed. Uh, but that that was kind of completely covered by the fact that Inter were matching Juventus results week in week out, which was a situation that Juventus haven't been in for most of the past decade, and that they actually found a little bit annoying. Um, and and still they are in that situation. 
to some extent. Um, <clears throat> Juve obviously losing against uh, Napoli um, and, and Inter, you know, drawing, uh, believe it or not. Um, and then and then you had this past weekend where Juve won, so and Inter won as well. So it, it is it is um, this you know it's it's it started really well, but a derby is a derby, and Inter won the last derby. Uh, they played some, mm. they played actually really really well, and, and should have probably won by a few more goals. <clears throat> Yeah, well, obviously that was when Milan were really, really rubbish, and we weren't kind of spoke off air about how I still think they're rubbish, and you're a bit more hopeful. But we'll come yeah. to that. We'll come to that. I just want to get your quick thoughts. Obviously, um, the January transfer market has been and gone. Um, Inter brought in half the Premier League, I think. So, what, what, <laughs> what do you what do you make of like the likes of Ashley Young, Victor Moses, Eriksson um, coming in uh, to to the team? No, it's it's quite clear that. Um, he did this because he wants intensity. He wants players that are used to running a lot and 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 playing at a very high intensity. Uh, that and they can do so for ninety minutes. That's the kind of football he wants to play. Um, and and Ashley Young and, and I mean Victor Moses. That's that those two seasons they had together at Chelsea were the best under that Victor Moses had had, and he was one of the best full wing backs in Europe. Um, and, and, and since then, he's not, you know, he's not had a great career, but uh, I think that's what they're hoping for. And, I, and so far, I think what we've seen is that he, we, he could definitely become that. He was really good. I was really impressed with what I saw. This is a guy that's been injured for the past 18 months. Um, so, no, and, and Ashley Young, you know, I was very vocal about my uh, opposition of that signing, but so far... <laughs> he's been all right since he started. He's been really, really good. No, he's been really, really good. He's not been all right. He's been really, really good. He's been... He, he suits that system. Um, and, and Christian Eriksen, I think that is going to take a bit more time, as Conte said himself. You know, Eriksen, he's never worked with Eriksen before. Eriksen has, uh, you know, he's never played in this role before. It's going to take some time. And he, you know, he wanted him. He got him. They both wanted to work together. Conte thinks they can work together and that he can play in that system. And I think it will just take some time before he, he goes into it. Uh, uh, Lukaku has been nothing but a absolute success. I mean, mm. he looks like he looks like Adriano when he plays, and, and that is something that you could you wouldn't imagine when you saw him his last season at United. Uh, at, 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 at the way he his body language and everything looked, he's a completely different player. He's absolute world class, and he does it week in week out. We were told that he this this player couldn't link up. Well, he does nothing but link up at Inter, and he does it so damn well. Uh, and and his left foot, his shooting, his finishing, his his leadership. I mean, he's he's showing captain captain uh, you know behavior oh, worthy of a steady captain. on you come on no he is he's, he's <laughs> not but if you look no if you look at the behavior the the importance that he has i mean the the the, the responsibility that he's taken he's taken on like that's the kind of guy you make your captain i'm not saying Wait. he should be because it's screening screening is our captain i'm not going to the thing is, yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. He's happy. I think he's one of those players. There are a few of them that, if you keep them happy and they are happy, then they're fine and they'll they'll they'll, they'll kind of perform week in week out. And I think the environment and because everybody wants him to enter, I think that's a big thing. Like you see the fans and the players. But that, it didn't start like that. You see, there were it, it started a bit rocky. You know, he 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 worked a lot. He scored a few goals, and then there were games where he didn't look good and he he missed simple chances and his first touch let him down. Yeah, but and the fans never got on his back, though. I think 
no, but, big mm, thing. They always, I, I, they always I, I, want them there. Uh, yeah, that's true. But at the same time, you started hearing a little bit moaning and whistling here and there. But with, but, but I think the the issue was that Conte had his back, and the club and the team yeah, above yeah. all, the team had his back. They they all love him, and and when and then things turned around, and when things are going well, and the the generosity with under which he has taken Sebastiano Esposito under his wing and treated basically treating mm. him like he is his little brother, that is something that has just won him so many friends, not just at Inter but all over Italy. You know, you take a seventeen-year-old and you protect him like he is your blood brother, pretty much like he's your kid brother, and he protects him constantly, like pushing him, talking with him. You know, lift your head up, come on, don't don't sulk. You know, this is good. Don't Was be that- was it the cop or the league where he gave him the penalty as well? Um, I, think was, was I, I think it was. I think I think was. I'm pretty sure it was the Serie A, but I'm not. Yeah. But, he gave yeah, him, but, but he gave him the penalty. Like look, penalty yeah. says here you have it. Get your get your goal. Yeah, because and he was on any and, and he was on his route to getting a hat trick. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was uh, it was pretty much. Uh, it was um, no, it was pretty. It, that, that's a beautiful thing he did, and not only that, the way the class with which he carried himself during the absurd racist controversy coming to him and at him from certain fan sections as well as certain people in the media and the way that he handled that i mean he's just carried himself with utter class um and 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 this this kind of notion of uh you know how the team comes first he doesn't just say it he actually puts it into practice and i think Mm -hmm. that's something you know that wins you friends at, at inter especially after the disastrous year we had with the previous captain who we shall not name uh, <laughs> as well as his wife who we also shall not name yeah they're they're done we're done with them we're, we're done, done with them we're, we're, we're done, done with them we're done yeah. with the with the with the with the football's version of the kardashians yeah so. exactly we're done so with them. we're done with them so no i mean that when you have that and you come in and you do what he's done uh, you know that's what I mean. He he. They everybody loves him. Everyone has nothing but but mm-hmm. love for this guy, and and they genuinely have a good time. Him and Lautaro. I mean Lautaro, it likes him so much. He got the matching sweaters for crying out yeah. loud for Christmas. I mean that is, he's got a bromance with everyone pretty much. And he's a leader. <laughs> he's a leader in that dressing room, and they all look up to him. And he just spreads positivity and responsibility and professionalism, and and that has also helped. You know because he's. I mean the goals he scores. I think you've got. I think you've got. A man crush Nima as well. I think I, I do. Oh, no, I, oh, I do. I honestly do. I admit it. I, I did not think I would, you know, I didn't think I would ever fall like have a love a player at Inter like this in the modern era. But this guy is completely just charmed my socks off. Like, he, he's, he's, no, but it's everything. It's not just the goal. It's everything about the guy. Everything about the, he just oozes class. And it's just, it's nice to have a good guy at the club. You know what I mean? Like when you have yeah. a player who scores a lot of goals, but he's a really genuinely positive, like a positive person in everything he does. And no, classy guy, classy guy. There you go. Right. <laughs> the Lukaku loving is over. <laughs> um, so, all right. So Inter normally have a bad January. This January, they drew three games, which is unbelievable. Um, so their traditional January slump. And it looked like it was going to be costly, obviously, with uh, everybody expecting Juve to win um, against Napoli. And they didn't. They got beat. So it kind of didn't really matter too much. In fact, Inter actually gained a point um, over the, the course of the month as well. Um, what do you put the... I'm going to call this a slump, right? Because you, you you drew three games, but we're calling it a slump because you won what two games? Yeah, but it is it is a slump. I so mean, it's, a, it's a, a kind of kind of slump. So what do yeah. you think the cause of it? 
No, it's it, if you could find the best psychiatrists and psychologists at Oxbridge at both universities to try to figure how this persists throughout this club every January for as long as I can remember, uh, even with Mourinho during the treble years, it was like this. I mean, it's just it, it's it's absurd. I don't I don't know what it is. I honestly don't know what it is. But every January it happens, and this year they only drew three times and they won both their Copa games. So. Mm-hmm. You know that 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 is that's really good. And now, and usually historically, February is the month where they, where they really hit. You know where they really take off, and they have to do it because Inter's month is a difficult one. Um, you have the derby this week, uh, this weekend. Uh, the Coppa, then Lazio. You have Lazio. You have Napoli in the Coppa, and then you have the Europa League, and then you have Sampdoria at home. So you know Coppa Italia, first leg of the semi-final. Uh, Lazio in the Serie A away. I mean, that is a fiery, that is a high stakes game given how Lazio are performing right now. And mm-hmm. they are, you know, so in terms of points, they're in the Scudetto race. So, you know, they, you know, that, that's, that, that's, this is a tough, tough month. This is the month where that will really decide interseason which trajectory we'll have. Yeah. Right. So, well, yeah. So next up, you've got, the, the cousins, mm. the derby, right? Um, now, in recent years, and I know you're gonna you're gonna tell me to be quiet, but in recent years, the derby, as spectacular as it is with the choreographies and stuff like that, has basically been like a great inter team against a not so good, or say great inter team, but a better inter team against a not so good Milan team, given the, the fate of the Rossoneri and what they've been like over the last few seasons, which maybe I, for me, it's taken a little bit of shine off it because I like to see these have always traditionally been kind of games where you've got the best of the best two really equal teams going at it um, regardless. So going into the Derby, what, what are your feelings about it? Given that Milan have been pretty terrible all season. Um, they have been terrible pretty season, but they seem to have landed into like, They've gotten into it really well um, ever since a certain gentleman from Sweden has arrived. I mean, he's he's kind of unlocked Leo, uh, unlocked uh, Brebic, and now Benacer is really coming to showing showing his skill. Um, and and they're, they're, they're slowly building something. I mean, it's pretty insane that Milan is within, within striking distance of finishing in the top six, given the disastrous start to the season that they've had. But they're looking defensively solid. This 4-4-2 is, you know, 4-4-2 is like the, that is the basis on which all football lies, isn't it? Like, mm. if you want to, no matter where you want to go, you have to build from 4-4-2 to give people a little bit of confidence and secure and sense of security. And then you can, you know, build from there on, from then on. And that's exactly what they've done. Um, and this 4-4-2 they play is, uh, is is kind of a 4-3-3, if you ask me. Uh, but... Mm. Uh, it's uh, it's it's really interesting um, because I, I think that they 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 know how to what Milan have learned under Pioli especially as Zebra come is to they've learned how to they know their weaknesses and they try to get teams to playing towards their strengths instead of their weaknesses and they, they dictate the game in a way and they lay their game plan is basically when they need to slow down the tempo they do. 
without any problems. And when they need to increase it, they do. They, they. It's it's a it's a it's a very tactical Milan. Um, and then they they go in. They they treat every game like a cup game, and they coach. Pioli coaches the hell out of the team going into every game. Um, and I understand why he does it because he needs to do it. He has no other <laughs> choice. I mean, he has no choice. He has to get this ship into dock, into harbor, uh, and and then we'll see what happens. And 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 I think uh, that's why um, I think Teo Hernandez is. You know, a lot of people have been praising him, and he's been an absolute brilliant player. Uh, but I think there's a you know I, I think there's a reason he's been succeeding so much is the fact that they use him only in attack. They they. Mm. He, they barely. We don't know if he's good at defending because no, he's, no, not. he's not. He's not very good at defending. No, but we don't because the, they don't. Not, he can't do it. <laughs> no, <laughs> he doesn't know how to defend. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like they, we don't really know because they don't use him as in that position. Again, playing to your strengths and not to your weaknesses. Uh, obviously, it's a weakness of his. So I'm being a bit facetious, but of course it is a it is a weakness of his. But um, and and so they they don't use him in defending, <laughs> if that makes sense. And and that is you know in the long maybe in, in a five year plan that's not a smart thing to do. But with the situation Milan are in and the situation they need to get into Europe this season uh, to to have something to build on. Because uh, at the end of the day, the history books will say you know if if Milan Milan are in the semi final of the Coppa Italia and they can finish top if they go to a final. Uh, or and and finish top six. That's a pretty decent season, given yeah. the chaos. I would you I've got Juve in the semi-finals. Come on, relax. <laughs> Milan are not Ju- getting to the finals or anything. No, but Juve, Juve, Juve are. I mean, for you, Juve aren't here to win the Coppa Italia. They're here yeah, to win the I Champions. Think he, I think even Juve's reserves could beat Milan. To be honest. <laughs> oh, um, you're being now. You're being too much. <laughs> nah, come on. Right. So, where do you think then that? Inter could get the better of Milan because you say Milan try and get the opposition to play to their strengths. How do you think Inter can get at them? I'm glad you asked that because I think it depends a little bit on how Antonio Conte approaches this game. Because if he gets a little bit too arrogant and too cocky and decides that he wants to play Christian Eriksen, who hasn't really adapted fully to his system, and how could he? He's only been there for seven days. So it takes a little longer for him to adapt to that. Uh, If he goes off thinking he can play like that and afford holes in the midfield to someone like Benacer to start to start dictating the tempo Inter are in a world of trouble but if he plays the 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 the, the system that has worked with that midfield trio um, of Barella Sensi uh, and uh, Brozovic I mean if Sensi is injured because he is Inter's Mingves um, we don't you know he's beautiful to look at but he, <laughs> he breaks very easily <laughs> so um, if, if if he doesn't play, it's Borja Valero. If it's Vecino, if we play, if Inter play that three five two with San Alexis Sanchez and Lukaku up to, up top, I think Milan will struggle a lot. I think Inter's mm-hmm. midfield will outmuscle, outrun, outfight, out 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 everything them. But but if but if Inter play the three four one two um, with the Christian Eriksen that hasn't really adapted, and then you play Barella and Brozovic behind him. I think there's there's space in midfield for for Milan and Benacer above all to start dictating that midfield and started you know starting picking out passes. Um, you know when you play with just one wing player, there is space for for other teams to attack and Milan will overrun those wings with uh, Castillejo and and Teo Hernandez and if Benacer can start picking them out and Inter have to run backwards and and Milan can attack into space and you have Ibrahimovic up front. They can hurt Inter. I really think so. I really, really think so. You're uh, because way too pessimistic, Nemo. No, way I'm too not pessimistic. It's called realistic. It's called realistic. No, because, no, because look, let's be honest. I mean, Diego Godin, 
um, he's played some world-class strikers in his day, no doubt about mm. that. And I'm actually, I think, of all the players that Inter are missing or potentially could be missing, I think Bastoni missing, sitting this one out so that Godin can play is the one that really doesn't bother me that much. Mm. Because I think Diego Godin and Milan, you know, this, this is a test for Skriniar to some extent, but Diego Godin knows how to take on strikers like Ibrahimovic. I'm not saying he's going and they're to... they're about go. the same age as well, so I mean, yeah. it's not going to be a first thing. No, it's, no, it's not. And, <laughs> and, and they're both very strong physical gritty mm. players it's going to be interesting and they they have the routine both of them so i think that's not a weakness for inter but if inter have to start in goal with daniele padelli you know uh <laughs> that that's, is that, a, that, that's a bit more difficult that's that a bit is, more difficult that is, a, that is a lot lot more difficult and you know lautaro being injured i'm not you know obviously he's he's inter's uomo derby he's the derby guy he's been brilliant in the derbies but i'm not too bothered about that because i think you know, Lukaku and Alexis can do a job together. But again, the midfield, I think it all comes down to how Inter, how Conte plays his midfield. And if we play, if Inter play that 3-5-2, I honestly think Inter can completely destroy Milan because I don't see how Milan are going to find the space needed. See, to... now, you, see now you're on my wavelength. Now, now no. we're on the same thing. This is what I'm thinking. <laughs> no, but this is... I'm being realistic. Like, honestly, it, it all, it's all down to how... Because, I mean, Pioli's, Pioli, this is a game where Pioli has nothing to lose. Milan have nothing to lose because everybody and their mothers expect Inter to walk all over Milan. Yeah, and and so, <laughs> no, but it, it, it is. And, and it's like, that, that's why I think in Milan are kind of, they don't have any pressure on them because no one is expecting anything of them. Uh, so, so I think this, this is one of those, those issues where Inter can fall on their own arrogance if they fall, not on yeah. skill. Yeah, well, yeah, oh, yeah. That, that that's a different kind of question. Well, there's not even a question. That's just obvious. The the, the gap between the two squads is is immense. Oh, it, um, it, is, it is. I mean, just if you look at the Inter's Mercato these past two sessions and and Milan's Mercato. I mean, come on, it's, it's not it, even. It's, you can't compare. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's ridiculous. One person who's been like a new signing, um, and I think that I think this will be a key battle on the day as well. On the left hand, well, Milan's left hand side, Inter's right hand side, you're probably going to have Candreva versus Teo, right? Candreva's been amazing, I think, this season. Yes, and yes. Obviously, Teo Hernandez has been, well, he's Milan's top scorer, so that, that kind of tells you his <laughs> impact, which is kind of ridiculous in itself that the left back has got more goals than any other player in the team. How do you think that's that'll be a big battle as well down that right hand side? I think so, but I don't think Andreva will play. I think Victor Moses will play, um, and 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 I think Victor Moses will definitely. That is a very interesting battle, because there were questions for Victor Moses' health, uh, but he looks uh, he looked really good this past weekend, and mm-hmm. the, especially when you know running. I think that is how he, I think Conte will definitely play him, because Victor Moses gives him the athleticism that he wants, both going forward and defending. Mm-hmm. Um, I think toward, if Inter were to lead uh, by one or two goals or how many goals they lead, I think da- Danilo D'Ambrosio would come on to kind of secure the game down mm-hmm. that flank if he were to play. But I, I don't think, um, I, I, I don't expect Candreva to play there. I really expect Victor Moses to play there. And I expect Ashley Young to play on the other, on, on, down the other wing. Mm-hmm. All right, there we go. Um... Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I, I think, I think Kandreva, I mean, I hope Kandreva doesn't play against Hernandez because it could be, I'm dreading that because Kandreva may be fast and he's had a great season, but Teo Hernandez is not who you want to put him one against one again. Yeah. One on one. No. Teo Hernandez is very, very fast. So Victor Moses would be a... That would be an interesting one. Mm. That would be a very... It would be a very interesting battle. Um, right, last thing. Defensively, uh, you mentioned Diego Godin, another player who I've been very impressed with. Uh, Vry been brilliant this honestly to be honest I think you can go through the whole inter team and go they've all been brilliant I think the other one that's been rubbish has been Beragi probably, probably I, think yeah. other, I think other than that like every player that's kind of came in and the ones that have already been there have all been brilliant but De Vrij has been leading the defence since the start of the season he's the, the main man at the back um, can I, how, how happy are you to just watch this team and just be like wow this is great everybody's brilliant there's nothing to worry about <laughs> no that's not true this is Inter <laughs> there's always something to worry about Inter let's forget let's forget let's not forget that Inter went to the uh, Westfalen Stadion as it was once called in Dortmund and completely mopped the floor with them for 45 minutes mm-hmm. and were 2-0 up and then completely collapsed in the second half so mm-hmm. this this is Inter uh, and then Antonio Conte went on a unhinged rant as he does <laughs> Uh, and 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 completely threw everyone under the bus, um, and which he, which is what he does. So the, it's it's never it's never quiet. I think that you never you never sit there not worried um, when you when you're looking at it. <laughs> After all, this is Inter, you know. <laughs> you're not called Pats Inter for nothing anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Pats Inter. It's it, believe me, Inter can grasp different feet from the jaws of victory and vice versa anytime so no it's it's inter so i i, I do expect them to uh, it's been a nice season especially above all barella nicola watching nicola barella because he's one of those players that 
I've he's been one of my favorite players, and he was the signing that I was most excited for in the summer. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to see him at Inter. I really wanted to see what him and Antonio Conte could do, and he's just delivered. He's just been so amazing, and the fact that he can play as a deep-lying midfielder, he can play as a box-to-box, he can play uh, as a mezzala. I mean, he can. He can. He's 22 years old, and he can. He can. He's already showed that he can play in every single three of those midfield positions, central midfield positions, and and he's got an amazing shot on him. And now I. I Nothing. If you want to talk about a bromance, I have a bromance with this kid because he's—I <laughs> mean, he's only 22 years old. It's—it's um, it, it's so impressive. He's an Italian Nangolan, but without all the no, smoking and drinking, the smoking and, and drinking of a nightclub and the and the and the Japanese ninja warrior tattoos and that, he's a much more sensible and down to earth kind of guy. No, he's—he's he's phenomenal. He's simply phenomenal. He's a—he's what the kids call a baller. A baller, right? I need to shower. (laughs) (laughs) Millennial lingo. Oh Christ! Right. So, last thing, the 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 dreaded prediction. Go for it. Oh no no I'm not I'm, no no I'll never do that. No, right. no, no. You, don't, you don't need to do a result. Just tell me who's going to win. Well, that would that's that's the ultimate. Uh, Get off the fence, Nima. Come. On. Um, if I tell you what I really think, you're just, just going to say, oh, you're just having me on. And I'm not. I'm, I honestly no, think... No, I, I want you to... I, you say you do realism. Do realism for me. Go I on. honestly think that Milan will win 1-0 and it's that man who will score it. I honestly do think so. I honestly think he's going to score early and then Milan are just going to wait, you know, are just going to frustrate the crap out of Inter and they're going to win 1-0. I honestly think so. I honestly think so. I, I'm not... This, is, this isn't fake... Uh, worry or anything I, i'm genuinely not liking this because it, it's it's just it's too it, milan or they have no pressure on them and ibrahim these, these are the situ- i've seen him do this for the past 20 years with with sweden especially when nobody believes that they have a chance and he just pulls something magical out the bag and everyone is like what the hell happened and then all of a sudden you've lost despite you haven't outplayed the, the you've been outplayed by the opponent and this is what he does and and i think he will do it again and he's done it historically against inter as well both at juve and at milan and so there is history there i'm not just you know i'm not just dreading this he has he has i mean his last derby game against inter i was there it was that 4-2 game where he scored two goals I just see him scoring a goal and then going up against the Kurva or taunting them. <laughs> like I just, I just, I well, that's, can't that's what I would do if he scored as well. <laughs> Even if it was, a, if it was at the yeah. other end, he'd run all the way back to front of the Kurva yeah, just to. He, he will do that. He will. I know he will because they will, they will, they will hurl insults at him, and he will just be the Ibra that he always is. So oh. no, no, I'm not happy about this at all. There you go, All right, everybody. You can go and tell Nima how wrong he is on Twitter <laughs> at Nima Tav Rud R double O D. So go over there and tell him that uh, he doesn't need to worry. Um, Nima, our absolute pleasure. As always, a pleasure to be on your show with you, Dov. And now to talk about AC Milan, we have a Forza Time football veteran, Mr. Ogosilla, joining me on the show. Ogo, how are you? Well, they're, they're really well. It's been a while for sure. Uh, although at this point, it's been such a while. Uh, I understand what you mean by veteran, but you know, surely it would be more precise to say former for the Italian football. No, no, I'm not. I'm not doing. I'm not doing former. I'm not doing former. You're a veteran. Um, <laughs> All right then. Obviously, 
in the while <laughs> since it's been since we last spoke, Milan have been pretty rubbish, right? But things have changed. Obviously, you lost the the first derby of the season two 0 and the the first part of the season was pretty crap. But you're unbeaten in what seven games in all competitions. The the, the tide has changed. Well, it's definitely been better in terms of results uh, in the on the last five games there have been four victories one draw the draw against Verona so yeah the, the tide has changed in that in, uh, in st- uh, instance but I wouldn't uh, I think it's, it's definitely you know with with, with Milan it's, it's always a bit too early to, to, to say that the tide has rechanged the tide has changed the context of uh, this half of the season I suppose uh, that that's a fair enough thing to say but we never really know what the ultimate goal like well, what is the end game here and uh i'm sure that i'll get us to to discuss the whole uh, ibrahimovic thing a bit later but uh yeah so so far it's looked better but it's it's always very difficult to uh, kind of diagnose what uh, what that really means when it comes to milan well the end game obviously is champions league because that's what that's all that milan go on about every every time anybody's talking about how they need to get back in the champions league and the champions league is what um the club need and whatever else i mean since pioli's come in european football at the very least has looked uh, back on the cards i mean do you think europe or champions league are actually realistic i wouldn't really necessarily say so i mean you know points wise uh... Uh, Atalanta and uh, Roma were t- uh, Atalanta in fourth place on 39 points uh, Roma fifth on 39 points as well so mm. Milan is, is just what seven points behind there mm-hmm. uh, with 32 points so realistically you tell yourself yes yeah, seven points should be enough but this team is so inconsistent uh, despite the recent uh, somewhat uh, consistent run with, uh, that, that the team has had I, I don't know I, I think it's very difficult um, I think uh, the team kind of lost so many points uh, at the start of the season that uh, I would be surprised if they do manage to clinch it. I'm not going to say it's impossible, but I say it's still going to be a bit of a long shot mm. just because of the forms of Atalanta and Roma. Mm. What did you think was wrong at the start of the season then? Well, I guess they were poor for the same reasons that we were saying they were poor at the at the start of the season when you had me to, 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 the, to the preseason chat with you mm. in the sense that uh, we thought many things are going to change and then they don't end up changing and that seems to be the narrative of uh, Milan for the past uh, four or so seasons uh, the new coach came in uh, he had this uh, formation ideas on how to do things it didn't quite work out uh, the club got impatient and got rid of him I'm not saying you know they, they should have kept Gianpaolo I mean surely he was he was definitely struggling and I could see why they would uh, get the itchy trigger finger to sack him but it's just, uh, I, I think we need to come to the conclusion that it's not just an issue of the coach uh, and it's not even just an issue of the players because the players, it's not like there are that many of particularly high quality. Uh, but it's an issue of the entire kind of infrastructure of the club that seems to kind of corrode everything from the inside where coaches come in and they're not able to implement uh, their ideas because the tools are not there. And at the same time, the tools themselves, uh, as it, uh, I, the players, are not of the requisite quality to meet the goal's ambitions, which is to go into fourth place. And honestly, even if you were gonna, we were to go a step close to that, let's say Milan does qualify for Champions League. Are they going to show up? in Europe with this squad? Like, I, I don't understand. There's still the financial fair play thing. 
thing. So it's not that they're going to be able to buy like a whole new team. It's uh, yeah, it, it's it's very confusing. Um, I think infrastructurally, that's where the main issues are, and the club needs to kind of like introspect and figure out what it wants. Mm. I think it's it's uh, it's about time now for Milan to kind of give up on its past and kind of start from uh, for, from the ground up. Yeah, well, we'll we'll come on to the uh, hierarchy in a minute. Um, just looking at the coaches, though, I think since Allegri left in uh, 2014, Milan have had eight coaches. So that's quite a lot, to be perfectly honest with you. Each coach gets pretty much a year, more or less. Um, obviously, Brocchio got he played what seven games, so it doesn't really count. But everybody else has had more or less a year, and it's the same thing: sack them, start again, sack them, start again. Do Do you think that? Pioli, given the kind of change he's had on the team, um, and we'll bring Zlatan into this as well, do you think that they've found something of a way forward with him? Uh, yeah, I think uh, Pioli has definitely helped. He has definitely helped settle the side. He's uh, settled in formation, and it looks like he's settled on 11. So that's been that's been really big uh, in the sense that, you know, Gianpaolo looked like he did not, not have much of a settled side that he was still looking um, as to what, he felt his best his best side was his best eleven was his best formation was so there were issues that and purely is resolving this these issues which is helping uh, has has helped a lot recently and I think that's definitely got to be seen as a plus but you know just to kind of track back a bit you mentioned about all the different coaches you need to also add on to that the fact that. There have been multiple new owners as well, and sporting directors, and uh, and and so on and so forth. So you know that that does not do anything to facilitate anything. When you're not only changing your coaches, but you're changing the ownership as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it doesn't help the fact that you're owned by a hedge fund right now. So who knows what what even goes on there? Because it's it's, it's a bit of a mystery in general as to what I mean, they want. I mean, yeah, you, you sure being owned by the hedge fund, but considering <laughs> of what happened with the previous the previous uh, Chinese owner, honestly, you could almost consider this a step forward. <laughs> well, Yong Hong Lee will, will will have your uh, have have you up against the wall for that Ogo uh, because he thinks he was wronged. So there you go. But um, we'll not talk about him just now. So yeah, we've got the owners, the multiple coaches but then it's all it's all going to be right it's all going to be correct everything is back in order because Zlatan came back and Zlatan changed everything forget the coaches forget the others Zlatan is key right Ogo? <laughs> yes uh, Zlatan changed the results for sure Zlatan changed the entire atmosphere around the club in a sense uh, Zlatan uh, changed uh, the narratives around the club which has been good in which sense that now you know we don't spend uh, as much time um, talking about how infuriating uh, Suso is all this cutting inside and being so less such a less-sided player uh, we don't talk about uh, I don't know how bad the midfield is. Now we talk about Zlatan, you know, and usually when it comes to the Italian media, uh, cover coverage of Zlatan is fairly positive. So by extension, coverage of Milan has been has been, has been all right in this past year. So he's definitely changed that. But even so on the pitch, I think uh, the players seem reassured. I know that's always a difficult metric to to, to to get, but I just from the eye test of me watching the games, they seem a bit reassured to have him uh, in the team because they know he'll take most of the pressure anyways. So he's definitely helped in that sense. Uh, he scored some goals, results better as we mentioned. So yeah, he's been helpful. But again, uh, you know, it kind of 
bears the question, what's next after Zlatan, which bears another question of what was the point of getting Zlatan. Zlatan, Zlatan, he strolls around the pitch like he owns it. He doesn't really do much else apart from that, the times I've seen him this season anyway. Yeah, but but, but imagine, like, uh, I mean, I, I hope the goal th- th- to get Zlatan was to try to clinch fourth place, but let's say they don't do it, right? So what did you bring him in for? Marketing? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's there for like six months. He's got a contract to the end of the season, then with the extent the option to extend it for another year. So, well, honestly, if they're smart, they do not take up that extension. If they're smart, if they're but but this is Milan we're talking about. Oh, go the uh, (laughs) the decisions from the hierarchy, which is a lovely segue to come into with uh, the the Boban Maldini pairing. Um, coming under a lot of criticism, to be perfectly honest, with Gazidis there as well. Um, so uh, looking at the January transfers, there was more out than in. Piontek's gone, uh, Rodriguez is gone, Borini's gone, Caldara's gone, Reina's gone, Suso is gone. And then coming in, Selimakers, obviously his Latin, like we said, Simon Kier's come in, uh, Begovic, who's second choice keeper, uh, Laxalt's been brought back. So it's... It seems like January was, for me, it was more of a case of getting rid of some of the higher earners of the wage bill rather than trying to build something, if that makes sense, to try and kind of get some sort of foundation or improve the team. It just seemed like they were just trying to get rid of the people who were on a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that uh, that was my my take as well. And, you know, we mentioned how now uh, the team is being owned by a hedge fund. Uh, so <laughs> those kind of uh, cost cutting uh, should not be a surprise to anyone. And, you know, there's always there's still the financial fair play looming over the club. So it's not surprising that um, they would get rid of, of the higher earners. And honestly, you know, if your higher earner is was someone like Suso, who over the last few seasons has not really done much in helping you get for the Champions League, you know, like it's not like he's, he wasn't like he wasn't like the second coming of, of Gahincho or anything like that. So I think it was good to get rid of, of, of the, some of those top owners for sure uh, for the financial sustainability in the future. But you always kind of get, you also get that impression, which I think is what you're speaking to, of kind of like, you know, uh, moving the deck chairs into Titanic. Mm, yeah, well, pretty much. I think it look, looks a lot like that to me. What do you make then of kind of Maldini and Boban and their, the, the performance of kind of some of the players that have come in? Because like, looking at Piontek, um, last season he had a, a great six months at Genoa, scored loads of goals, started off well at Milan, but I think you're probably going to see maybe March, April times last season. He's, he's pretty much done nothing. Close to Hertha Berlin, scores in his first game. Yeah, I think the issue with Piontek was was honestly essentially that um, coaches ne- didn't necessarily trust him to uh, lead the line with Giampaolo. Uh, and uh, once Pioli came in, obviously Zlatan showed up, so he wasn't going to be playing anymore. Uh, so I think it kind of boiled down to that. Um, I, I, I'm not saying he he was the best option, but he was a good option. He was a viable option for this Milan team. So it's a bit of a shame, but I kind of also see why they would uh, take the opportunity to kind of like um, to, to to cash in on him, so to speak. But only future will tell. Uh, about how useful this decision is but you also have to take into account we talked about Zlatan's six months deal if it doesn't get taken up anymore you're going to be short some strikers so you're going to have to get a new one sure I'm sure Piontek didn't want to stay on the bench for six months and then get his chance again 
Ben, which I completely understand from his perspective. But once again, uh, with uh, Boban and Maldini, at least from where I'm sitting, uh, being a bit further away from things, uh, I have a hard time kind of gauging how much input, how much uh, impact there, or even what kind of impact they're, they're trying to have on the team. Well, yeah, well, Piontek said that they change strikers every year, so he kind of, it's almost kind of, it was criticising kind of uh, uh, their, the, the, the way they operate a little bit. It seemed to just, right, he's not doing it anymore, right, we'll get somebody else in, um, way of working, which doesn't work as we've seen. And another one, here, here's uh, something I've heard on, on the, the grapevine here in Milan is that they, they, they tried to go for a, a winger who was playing in the English Championship uh, and the agent uh, was surprised of said winger that they were trying to go for as much to the fact that he actually said to Milan that why don't you don't go for these players from a Premier League club who are better than my client because you you you, you only want them there to make a bit of money on them essentially that that was essentially what this agent was was saying that Milan were just um, basically looking to get a young player in put some money on his value and then ship him back to England because they know they would get some money from an English team which I think says yeah, a lot I mean, for me about how they operate yeah, so sure. And uh, if, if if we go by 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 this uh, um, alleged contact of yours, uh, that that could have been the case. But at the same time, my rebuts to this agent would be like, well, do you really think that Milan can afford Premier League wages right now for a quality winger? That's really going to make a difference. The club is not super poor. It definitely has money. It has a very high as, as its wage bill would suggest. But at the same time, uh. It, it's a matter of kind of like investing and uh, in investment choices, you know, in terms of uh, we get a winger, it's going to take X amount of, uh, of our wage bill and tie it up into this one player, which mm. I think is something Milan should avoid doing in the future. Yeah, well, if you've got money to spend, spend it wisely and then you'll do all right. As I would say, look at Atalanta. They've not got much money, but when they do have it, they spend it wisely on players that have an impact. And Absolutely, and the exact opposite. <laughs> they spend on players. <laughs> exactly, and the you know the wage bill comparison between Atalanta and uh, and Milan is is astronomical. And look at look, and look how much they're getting out of their players. You know, looking at all that, the results, the transfers, and the derby. So we're coming up to the derby on Sunday night. Like like I mentioned before, Milan lost the first derby of the season, two um, 0 Inter have hit a bit of a rough patch and obviously we say Milan are in a bit of a they're in good form right now comparatively speaking what do you expect what do i expect uh, i've not expected many positive things from uh, derbies over the last few years for sure uh i would say probably it will end in a draw i would be slightly surprised if it uh, if if we see a milan win uh, at the end of the day uh, despite uh, the slightly uh, stuttering uh, stuttering patch for uh, for Inter, I think they they definitely have the players. They have uh, high quality uh, high quality players, a high quality coach. So you would, if you had to place bets, you would put them on Inter, reasonably speaking. Uh, but uh, if Milan can take advantage of uh, their slightly stuttering form. If uh, Zlatan can show up and affect, it's going to come down to that. At the end of the day, it's going to come down to uh, it's going to come down to, to Zlatan and uh, can he win it for for Milan? Oh uh, no, no, that's not. It's going to come down to Teo Hernandez because he is the man who gets the goals. It's not Zlatan. <laughs> it's Teo Hernandez. <laughs> I mean, 
Look, uh, we, we we discussed this slightly pre-recording, but uh, the the fact that uh, Teo Hernandez is is uh, one of your top scorers for your club, I think, is a um, is a frightening uh, pr- prospect, and I think it says everything you need to know about the team, honestly. So um, yeah, can Teo Hernandez pitch in a goal? <laughs> sure, I guess. <laughs> I'd be surprised if that's but that's what makes the difference for Milan in the in the derby, though. <laughs> So you say that, Ogo, you say that, but he's he's the key man. He's he's back on form for, for Milan. Um, how do you think Pioli will approach it then? Because obviously everybody says the derby and anything can happen, but for me, the gap between the two sides in terms of quality is, is vast. Um, and even like the coaches as well. I think the way that Conte has entered the, the group, like they all seem together, all operating on the same page. Everybody seems happy. There aren't really any negatives, if at all, surrounding Inter. Obviously, whereas Milan, even though they're in this good um, patch, there's still doubts about well, can Benacer do it? Is Teo Hernandez a liability in defence? Who's is Romagnoli's partner um, good enough? Will Donnarumma make a mistake? Who's going to score the goals if Teo and Zlatan don't do it? Um, what about Chalonoglu, etc., etc.? So there always seems to be question marks and doubts. So how do you think that Pioli will go into this with Milan essentially being underdogs? Uh, I think Pioli will approach it the way that you know Pioli approaches most games and the way that uh, we'd expect Pioli to approach is, you know, to keep the team compact, keep the team competitive, uh, to uh, sit, um, well, maybe not deep, but certainly have a slightly more me- uh, medium block uh, so that they can uh, uh, take take advantage of, uh, of countering opportunities. I mean, um, that, that, that has been the one kind of surprising thing for me um, when Zlatan showed up, is that I was expecting the team to switch to kind of kind of long ball tactics, but it hasn't really been that, I think, for for a lot of it. I think we need to be a bit more fair to that, and Zlatan has been more of a uh, of a focal point to kind of uh, link uh, midfield and the attack together and kind of stitch those two sectors together, even though, uh, and Ben Asser has been very good in uh, helping the Balkan from defense uh, to, from defense and further up the pitch. So, I think at the end of the day, they will try to implement a more counter-attacking strategy, for sure. But we also know that's what uh, Conte does like to do. So we'll either have a very boring game where both teams kind of look at each other and uh, see which ones can counter on on the other. Uh, but yeah, I definitely agree with you that in terms of um, uh, coaches, obviously Conte is the superior one. But uh, yeah, I think uh, Pioli will, will, would be satisfied with a draw against Inter. And to be fair, if Milan get a draw, then I will be... Uh... Very surprised as well. Uh, I, I think this is going to be the the start of a downturn in form, given the more difficult games coming up. Um, there we go. Right, Ogo, thank you very much. So you can find Ogo on the Twitter if you want to follow on there. It's Ogo, O-G-O underscore Silla, S-Y-L-L-A. And uh, he's on there sometimes. And obviously you can get us at... Forts Italian Football, which is at Serie A FFC as well. So that's it. The Derby is coming up on Sunday night. Obviously, Forts Italian Football will be there. Um, and so you can get all the choreographies, uh, the fans, pre, post match, and all that stuff on the website and on the social media. So follow us, please. Just want to thank uh, Nima from Saint Printer and Ogo as well. Been an absolute pleasure. And until the next special podcast, there's nothing left for me to say apart from Arrivederci.
Are we living in a land where sex and horror are the new Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.